Welcome to Drug Cards Daily, the show that delivers drug card information to you in a bite-sized format for all you busy students and healthcare professionals. Make sure to check us out at drugcardsdaily.com and please subscribe to the podcast and remember to download each episode. Before we begin, just a quick word from today's sponsor. Today's drug is clopidogrel, brand name Plavix. The therapeutic category is that it's an antiplatelet agent. More specifically, a theanopyridine, or a P2Y12 antagonist. There are several indications for clopidogrel. The first is an ST-segment elevation, myocardial infarction, or for short, STEMI. What the drug does is that it decreases the rate of myocardial infarction and stroke in patients with acute STEMI. This is in medically managed and it's used with aspirin. The next indication is that it's used in non-ST segment elevation myocardial infarction, or for short, NSTEMI. It decreases the rate of MI and stroke in patients with NSTEMI, unstable angina, acute coronary syndromes. It's used for both medically managed patients and patients that have undergone coronary revascularization. The next indication is that it's used in MI, ischemic stroke, and peripheral artery disease. It decreases the rate of MI and stroke in patients that have a recent history of any of those. There are a variety of off-label uses, but I will only cover the main three. The dosage form for clopidogrel is the tablet. It comes in a 75 milligram and 300 milligram. The considerations to have in acute coronary syndrome is to look at the CYP2C19 polymorphism. You want to test to ensure that the greatest efficacy for clopidogrel can happen if patients are being treated with this medication. Dosing for STEMI. In adult and geriatrics, it's used in combination with aspirin and parenteral anticoagulants. If reperfusion fibrolinic therapy is used in ages less than or equal to 75 years old, you start with 300 milligrams once as the loading dose and then 75 milligrams once daily as the maintenance dose. In ages greater than 75 years old, you go straight to 75 milligrams once daily. For STEMI patients, if percutaneous coronary intervention is required after fibrolytic therapy, so with fibrolytic, 300 milligram loading dose is administered, then 75 milligrams once daily. In patients when this has occurred less than or equal to 24 hours of fibrolytic without loading dose of clopidogrel, you initiate 300 milligram loading dose, then you proceed to 75 milligrams once daily. And in patients greater than 24 hours of fibrolytic without loading dose of clopidogrel, you initiate 600 milligrams prior to PCI then 75 milligrams once daily. So moving on to STEMI patients, if percutaneous coronary intervention or reperfusion is not following fibrolytic therapy, 
you initiate 600 milligrams as the loading dose as soon as possible before PCI, then 75 milligrams once daily after PCI. Some literature out there does prefer ticagrelor or prasagril over clopidogrel in lower bleed risk patients, so that's definitely something to keep in mind. So now in patients, if no reperfusion strategy is planned, you initiate 300 milligrams as the loading dose once at diagnosis, then 75 milligrams once daily thereafter. So the considerations to have for the duration of therapy, so dual antiplatelet therapy or DAPT with clopidogrel and aspirin, that's something to definitely consider. Um, unless the patient is at risk for bleeding, then DAPT is done for greater than or equal to 12 months. After 12 months, DAPT continuation can be considered and then reevaluated based on bleed risk or risk of thrombotic events. If DAPT complete, then you discontinue clopidogrel, but the aspirin is continued indefinitely. Now to go over the dosing for NSTEMI patients for the adult and geriatric population. Clopidogrel is administered in combination with parenteral anticoagulant and aspirin, regardless of therapy strategy. Remember that some literature prefers ticagrelor or prasagril over clopidogrel in low bleed risk patients. If ischemia-guided approach is used, you initiate 300 milligrams or 600 milligrams once at the diagnosis, and then 75 milligrams once daily thereafter. 600 milligrams is considered unless the patient is at high risk for bleeding. If invasive approach, which is considered reperfusion using percutaneous coronary intervention, if invasive approach is used in NSTEMI patients, 600 milligrams once as soon as possible prior to PCI, then 75 milligrams once daily. The duration of therapy considerations are that dual antiplatelet therapy, DAPT, with clopidogrel and aspirin. Unless the patient is at high risk for bleeding, DAPT is done for greater than or equal to 12 months. After 12 months, DAPT continuation can be considered and reevaluated based on bleed risk or risk of thrombotic events. If DAPT complete, discontinue clopidogrel, but aspirin is continued indefinitely. So I did want to touch upon some off-label dosing, specifically dosing for PCI in stable ischemic heart disease. So you administer clopidogrel in combination with parenteral anticoagulant and aspirin regardless of therapy strategy. You initiate 600 milligrams greater than or equal to 2 hours prior to PCI, you want greater than or equal to 24 hours as the preferred scenario. Um, otherwise, you know, greater than or equal to two hours prior to that PCI. Then 75 milligrams dosed once daily thereafter. The duration of therapy is DAP as typically recommended in other treatments with aspirin indefinitely after if bare metal stent implant. DAP for one to 12 months the shorter duration of high bleed risk patients, with the reevaluation after 6 to 12 months for bleed and ischemic risks for ending therapy, and if 
drug-eluting stent implantation is used, which is a drug-coated stent. DAPT is done for 3 to 12 months, with the duration being based on bleed risk. You assess the bleed and ischemic risk after 6 to 12 months. If there is an extension, you go in 8 to 14 months as needed. For any of the other off-label uses that are not covered, please refer to any of the guidelines corresponding to them. So now moving on to dosing for stroke or transient ischemic attacks. Intracranial atherosclerosis between 50 and 99% stenosis of major intracranial artery, um, secondary prevention. So aspirin for all patients with clopidogrel is considered in combination for short-term use within 30 days. Clopidogrel indefinitely can be used in place of aspirin for long-term stroke prevention. 75 milligrams once daily with aspirin, and the duration varies based on stenosis severity. For stenosis between 50 and 69%, Clopidogrel with aspirin for 21 days and discontinue clopidogrel thereafter. For stenosis severity between 70% and 99%, clopidogrel with aspirin for 90 days and then you discontinue thereafter. So now specifically for ischemic transient stroke attack, the secondary prevention, a single agent antiplatelet therapy is generally preferred. The therapy agents are aspirin, clopidogrel, Aspirin and an ER dipyridamol, 75 milligrams once a daily indefinitely. If IV antiplase was received, antiplatelet therapy is delayed for greater than or equal to 24 hours, and then the therapy is continued as soon as possible thereafter. In minor ischemia stroke or in high-risk transient ischemic attack patients, which are considered high-risk being um, based on the A, B, C, D, 2 scores greater than or equal to 4. So a short-term combination with aspirin is considered with antiplatelet therapy initiated within 24 hours of stroke onset. If IV antiplase was received, antiplatelet therapy is delayed for greater than or equal to 24 hours, then as soon as possible thereafter. You want to initiate 300 to 600 milligrams with aspirin, then 75 milligrams once daily for 21 days. Then a single agent is used thereafter and indefinitely. For example, clopidogrel, aspirin, and the aspirin combination with diapyridamol. Some dosing or transitional considerations are when going from prasugril to clopidogrel. So if the patient received prasugril for less than or equal to 5 days, you go to clopidogrel, 300 milligrams loading dose for 24 hours after the last prasugril dose. Then you go to 75 milligrams once daily, but some literature does suggest that no loading dose is necessary. If patient received prasugril for greater than 5 days, 75 milligrams of clopidogrel once daily, 24 hours after the last dose of prasugrel is done. In the transition between ticagrelor and clopidogrel, 600 milligram loading dose, 12 hours after the last dose of ticagrelor dose, then 75 milligrams once daily. 
So the dosing for pediatrics is not covered, so refer to any of the latest literature that is available. And it's also important to note that you need to adjust the dosing of clopidogrel in the renally impaired patients. Mechanism of action and pharmacology. Clopidogrel irreversibly blocks the P2Y12 component of ADP receptors on platelet surfaces, which prevents activation of the GP2B3A receptor complex, which then reduces platelet aggregation. Clopidogrel blocked platelets remain blocked for 7 to 10 days, which is the platelet's lifespan. Clopidogrel is a prodrug, so the biotransformation of clopidogrel is required in vivo to the active thiol metabolite in order to be effective. So CYP2C19 polymorphism testing is important to determine efficacy. So the absorption is the medication is rapidly absorbed. The metabolism is hepatic and it's CYP450 mediated primarily the CYP2C19 oxidation to active thiol metabolite. In terms of excretion, 50% is in the urine and 46% in feces. The onset of action is that this drug is dose-dependent, so between 300 and 600 milligrams within 2 hours, between 50 and 100 milligrams per day within 2nd day, so the time to peak is 45 minutes, so approximately about 0.75 hours. The duration of action is typically 5 days. The half-life elimination is around 11 days overall. With various stages of inactive drug and metabolites, they vary between 30 minutes to 6 and 8 hours. In terms of protein binding... The drug is bound between 94 and 98%, and it all depends on the stage of the metabolism. Side effects. So between 1 and 10% of patient population will experience possible hemorrhage between major and minor. Um, they will experience bruising, hematoma, and bloody nose. Less than 1% report abnormal hepatic function tests. Confusion, diarrhea, duodenal ulcer, rash, dermatitis, fever, and ulcers. This drug does have a black box warning. Antiplatelet effect is diminished in patients with two loss of function alleles of the CYP2C19 gene. Clopidogrel is a prodrug and its efficacy is determined by its conversion to the active metabolite by the cytochrome P450 system, primarily CYP2C19, recommended doses of clopidogrel are reduced in patients that are homozygous for non-functional alleles of the CYP2C19 gene, also known as the CYP2C19 poor metabolizers. Consider using an alternative platelet P2Y12 inhibitor in CYP2C19 poor metabolizers. Drug interactions. Anticoagulants will have their effects increased by antiplatelet agents such as clopidogrel, with the exception being anoxaparin and heparin. Calcium channel blockers may diminish clopidogrel's effects. 
amiodarone, pantoprazole. These decrease serum concentrations of the active metabolites of clopidogrel. CYP2C19 inducers that are strong, such as rifampin, dexamethasone, phenytoin, carbamazepine, phenobarbital, and St. John's wort, these all increase serum concentrations of the active drug metabolite. CYP2C19 inhibitors, which are strong, such as ketoconazole, clarithromycin, ritonavir, and grapefruit, these decrease serum concentrations of the active metabolite. Vitamins and minerals, specifically ADEK, folate, and iron may increase the antiplatelet effects of clopidogrel, and warfarin effects are increased by the drug. Monitoring parameters is CYP2C19. You want to monitor for any signs of bleeding, and you also want to test hemoglobin and hematocrit levels. Patient counseling information. So you let Patients know that this drug is used to lower chances of heart attack or stroke. It can be taken with or without food. They want to watch for irregular bleeding or bruising. They need to notify their MD if they feel wheezing, chest tightness, if they notice blue skin, swelling, dizzy, headache, fatigue, feeling weak, shaking, an increase in hunger, or irregular sweating. If there is a surgery that is going to occur, you want to discontinue clopidogrel for five days prior to the surgery. Thanks for listening to Drug Cards Daily, and remember to check out the show notes for additional links or go to DrugCardsDaily.com to download a free PDF of the drug card sheet used for this episode. Thanks and take care.